At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. All right, guys, we got an awesome deep dive into filtration for you. We got Chris Howells from April Air on the podcast, and we're going to talk about MERV rating. We're going to talk about static pressure difference across filters HEPA filters it's just a complete conversation around filtration indoor air quality is a very vast subject but we have to pick apart the different channels of indoor air quality so we can fully understand them and this is what this podcast is about is to pick apart and deep dive on filtration and why it's very important so let's get to this now HVAC Know It All podcast I'm your host Gary McCready This podcast is sponsored by The Master Group, and one tool that they gave me to try out is that mapping tool for York units. Full disclosure, I've never actually used one and understood the benefits of it, but that is one thing that I want to tackle in the coming few weeks once it's warmer outside and I have some time to get this thing all set up on the roof when it's not minus 14 outside degrees Celsius. So anyway, look for that coming real soon. Check out master.ca. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast, recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC, from storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. I'm going to learn some stuff from you. Every, every time I talk to you guys from April Air, I learn something and the audience learns something as well. So I don't, I don't know if you know this, but the podcast we did with Brandon a couple of years ago was one of the really uh, more popular ones, probably, probably because too, COVID was kind of coming around. It was just sort of out there. It hadn't really done um, a number on society at that point yet. But the fact that uh, people were looking to, to bolster their indoor air quality made that one a, a real uh, popular conversation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been been crazy two years of this pandemic season and talking about the, the indoor environment and your topic tonight about filtration is a key component to that. Yeah, perfect. So uh, you, you brought it up, you said it, filtration. That's what we're going to talk about. There's many factors and many levels and many avenues of indoor air quality, but we're going to focus on filtration tonight and and do a, a deeper dive into that subject rather than a generalized conversation of, of indoor air quality. So, but before we do, just give us 10, 15 seconds. What do you do for April air at the moment? What What's your position over there? So I've been in a, a few different roles with April Air. I'm most currently the senior training manager, and I've, I've kind of filled numerous different seats in being able to see the sales side and being what we would call a district sales manager. Those are your guys on the streets that are helping the contractors and distributors that uh, provide our products to the consumers and education and knowledge and support 
And then uh, I was on product management for the last year. And that really was a good chance for me to learn from the organizational side in product development and roadmaps and uh, forecasting and all that other fun stuff. But my true passion in growing up in this industry has been training. And I'm, I'm just blessed to be in the opportunity that I am with the company because of what we get to do. And, and that leads into the conversation oriented around indoor air quality. Mm-hmm. Training is very fulfilling because at the end of the day, you can see how your voice, your teaching, your influence has affected other people and how it's helped them, right? Oh, yeah, man. And there's no better feeling. And yeah, I spent 15 years as a technician. And when I was in a home and, and interacting with that homeowner, that's that's their haven. That's their domain. And it would it would not be... It, it wouldn't do justice of what I was doing there if I didn't ask about all the attributes of the comfort and in the environment in the home. And that I think that really accelerated to where I'm, I'm at today. Cool, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you enjoy the training aspect. And, and I, I do too, I, although I don't train people like on a... Uh, I, I just quasi train through the internet with my with my one minute videos, but I I do I do my best and and I enjoy it. And every time I get feedback saying I've helped somebody, it makes it it makes it all worth it. So um, I'm glad we're on the same page there. So let's talk about let's talk about your definition of indoor air quality as it stands today, and then we'll get into some filtration talk just so the audience is aware and, and what we're going to talk about, we'll talk about some Merv stuff, um, filtration that protects people versus appliances. We'll talk about some static pressure across some types of filters and, and whatnot, but we'll start with indoor air quality and your current definition on what you think it means today. And it's a good question to start with because if I asked you really quickly, Gary, just to flip the script for a second, in your mind, what's the first thing that comes to your thoughts when you think of indoor air quality, IEQ, whether it's the acronym or the words, what comes to mind? I, th- I think is just, for me, I'm, I'm a homebody and indoor air quality to me is, is sitting at home and being comfortable, whether it's, whether it's through humidification. Um, so I'm not all itchy in the winter time, whether it's through filtration or ventilation to get rid of any dust or contaminants in the air that could trigger my allergies. It's just really being at home, relaxing, chilling, and just being comfortable. And that's the right answer ultimately for, for everybody that's listening is, When we look at and we start to think about the term indoor air quality, oftentimes it gets lost to either a specific product or one specific problem. And you mentioned dry edgy skin, humidification. Sometimes it gets lumped into just that. And that's where the opportunity for our industry to rise up and think about indoor air quality as the complete environment of our homes. And those are the the pillars or the attributes of temperature control, humidity management, fresh air ventilation, even radon mitigation and, and filtration. And when we look at 
all of those attributes together, that's the complete indoor environment, not just one. If I just talk about one specific within a home or that environment, I might easily be leaving out other attributes that could be a need. So that's looking at from the, the holistic ver, uh, view of a home, it's, it's all of those pillars put together holistically for, for the occupants and the home. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really, well, like we were saying, it's indoor air quality could take so many different, we could take so many different avenues and, and discuss it. And that's what makes it such a, a great topic. And there's so much data and science and monitoring and, and all this kind of stuff these days that allow us to sort of really provide the customer with actually what they need nowadays, instead of just throwing like everything at them. Like you need this, you need that, you need this. Uh, we need to set it for this and rule of thumb that there's so much information out there, collected information, collected data, uh, real-time data that we can use to really design, uh, instead of just a cookie cutter, a personalized indoor air quality program for each individual or, or space, right? Agreed. Agreed. That's really, really well said. Unfortunately, our industry is oftentimes driven with opinions and not facts. So the goal of, of training, going back to our previous conversation, you know, the goal of training shouldn't be to voice an opinion to drive to whatever that is. It should be providing the depth, the facts, the solution to the problem that we're trying to solve in that home. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So let's say we got a filtration problem in our home. <laughs> Perfect. Since segment, we've, right? since, since, yeah, exactly. So let's start with Let's start with MERV rating because I know there's a lot of people that understand it fully and, and I don't want to disrespect them in any kind of way. But I, th I think having this conversation is going to, uh, from a different perspective, can help. And also there's going to be people out there that have no idea what MERV is. So let's talk about MERV rating and then maybe compare some MERV, uh, different MERV rated filters for different applications. Sure. MERV is an industry standard and it stands for minimum energy or excuse me, efficiency, minimum efficiency reporting value. Uh, it's kind of like the miles per gallon, the higher the number, the more efficient it is at cleaning the air and specifically to particulate or particulate matter. We will sometimes reference that as an industry as PM and there's different levels of micron size or micrometers or nanometers, depending on how you're measuring those particulate. And then that MERV, so going back to that MERV, and what's so important when we're talking about filters is understanding what the MERV rating is providing to us. And that is providing to us that that filter has met the industry standard to be classified as a true filter. Where does MERV come from? Like who decides what MERV rating a filter is? How does that process happen? It starts with ASHRAE. ASHRAE is, is our governing body of testing and providing the data in what works, what works in a home for our heating and cooling equipment. 
And th that's why I was kind of alluding to it is if you don't see what the MERV rating is, you might be, be skewed by some kind of marketing or sales ploy. And there's different manufacturers out there and a lot of them big box stores from a retail perspective that don't classify really the efficiency of what it's capable of doing versus what's the sales tactic to get you to want to buy that filter. Almost like a good, better, best and premium. That's a lot of times where you're going to start to see the retail side drive towards to give that consumer at least a base knowledge of how good, and I'm doing hand quotes here, how good is that filter really? And, and the important part to remember, though, is what is the MERV rating, the, the true efficiency of that filter, and what are we trying to accomplish? So that, I guess, Gary, that could probably even take us back to the beginning. If I'm trying to choose a filter, whether it's for myself or it's for my family or it's for my equipment, I have to understand what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's a really good segue into into this next sort of part of the conversation here. And and I wanted to go back to when I first started in the trade and I would come across or I'd be changing filters and come across filters that were the very, very cheap bottom of the line throwaway filters where you could basically hold them up and just look through them. <laughs> right. Um what what Merv filter like i've never really paid attention. what what merv is that what merv class are those filters cmpx show is canada's largest trade show now it's happening march 23rd to the 25th and if you guys want a free pass go to the cmpxshow.ca i believe is the website register for the pass and use code know-it-all to get your free pass there's going to be three days of education three days of of learning what's going to be happening in the trade innovation new products, so on and so forth. It's going to be fun. I'm going to be there all three days hanging out and doing some podcasting. JB Warranties is a, is a unique warranty program outside of the manufacturer's warranty program. So if your customers are in the market for this kind of thing, check out JB Warranties. They, they give you $300 labor reimbursements, 14-day turnaround on claims, and work with many partners within the industry. So check them out if you're looking to give you, your customer some peace of mind if that's what they're looking for. Company Cam is another is another platform that allows you to go paperless and get more organized and eliminates emails and text messages and lost information. For example, if there's a job going on and there's a few people involved in that job, you can take pictures, videos, make notes. They all land in the cloud in the same place. It doesn't take up room on your phone. So anybody that's involved in the job, can go onto company cam, the app, whatever, and go within that job and see all of the information that's been collected, GPS, timestamped as well. So there's no, there's no fiddling around. It's all right there. So check them out if you're looking to get organized. A couple of codes here. Code know-it-all will save you 8% at True Tech Tools. There's a few tools that don't fall under that code, like Fluke Fleer and maybe one or two others. But NAVAC, Testo, uh, the AccuTools stuff, whatever you're looking for, whatever you're looking for to buy, except for a few brands, save 8% at TrueTech Tools. And I believe it's free shipping for anything over $99 in the US, which is very, very cool as well. The other code we got 
is actually HVAC know-it-all. This will save you 8% on your motor or motor accessory purchase at emotorsdirect.ca. Basically what they are is an e-commerce site to supply motors. And, and the cool thing about this is that, let's say you're at a customer site, there's a failed motor, you order a motor, and you get it delivered right to their site, okay? Once it's on site, you go back and change it. There's no driving around trying to find one if you don't already have one, or you got to go out and, you know what I mean, look for one at the supplier. There's none of that. You just order it, deliver to site, you change it when it gets there, if it's not an emergency. So check out emotorsdirect.ca. The other thing is Supco. If you guys are looking to, or if you have an invention, and you're looking to take that invention, invention to market, they have a program in order to do so. Head to ideas at subcotradefox.com and submit your invention and they'll get back to you and you guys can discuss. Well, they're lower MERV 4, so MERV, you could start at MERV 1 and it goes up to MERV 16 on the mm-hmm. rating scale. Yep. MERV 16 is going to be the most efficient at capturing the smallest particles. So going back into those ASHRAE standards of filtration in MERVs, you've got three different categories starting with E1, E2, and E3. And each one of those categories have specific particulate sizes or ranges that its efficiency is uh, uh, able to capture within that range. So um, to, to your point, if you've got one of those very inexpensive, if we want to call it cheap filters, it's meeting a minimum requirement for our heating and cooling equipment. Every forced air system has to have a filter. Well, what better way than meeting that minimum requirement than throwing in a very inexpensive filter, but it's really not doing anything other than checking that specific box versus the other side where we go to the extreme of MERV 16, which is not HEPA, which we can get into that in a little bit if, if we need to, but MERV 16 being very efficient at capturing larger particles, but also being very efficient in capturing those really, really small microscopic particles that really start to impact our health at the end yeah. of the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as, as I moved on in the industry, like, first of all, going back to those throwaways, the, the MERV 4s, I didn't feel they did anything because you look at the evaporator coil and it was still, it was filthy because the, that that's the filter that was in there. The evaporator coil was still dirty. But as I moved, graduated on in my career and uh, we started to use different filters, we'd go to the pleated and they'd be MERV 8. So better quality filter. But MERV 8, what a lot of people don't understand, is still not at the the rating to really protect occupants of a building or a space, right? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. Really, what we've seen the industry drive towards through COVID was, uh, you know, a minimum. If you're concerned about the health of a home, your minimum efficiency should be a MERV 13. Yeah, that's 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 sort of the industry standard as from everything I read. It's minimum 13 we're looking at to protect the occupants of the home. That's correct. That's right. Yeah. So. I think we have to have this conversation because people have people have come up to me or called me or emailed me w- within the the customer base that I ha- have, and they're they're like, "Yeah, what would it take for you to throw Merv 13, 13 filters in?" And I said, "Well, I can't just come there and throw them in and walk away. 
because I don't know how that's going to affect your airflow. And then I don't know how it's going to per- affect the performance of the cooling or the heating. So can you talk a little bit about the MERV rating? Like, let's say, let's say it is a residential home and, and it's been, it's, it's been getting a MERV eight one inch pleat forever. Now, if you come come along because the, the, the homeowner reads, oh man, I got to have a MERV 13 and they ask you to bring one and you just put it in, take the MERV 8 out, just put the MERV 13 in without checking anything and just walking away. What are some things that could happen to impact that system negatively if you're not paying attention? You touched on a few of the key ones. It's, it's the effect to the system performance that becomes the biggest concern. Uh, Gas-fired... Uh, appliances, furnaces that have heat exchangers. If we start restricting more air through that, we're causing that heat exchanger to get warmer. It starts to expand. And then when it cools down, it contracts even greater. So it can lead to premature failures in your heat exchanger. It can lead to air conditioning coils freezing up because we're not getting the right amount of airflow through that filter uh, to allow the right airflow for the efficiency for that air conditioner coil that sits most of the time. If you have an upflow on top of the furnace, it could also be below it or on the sides of it, depending on the orientation of the equipment. But that system is designed for a specific amount of airflow to pull through that coil to make it efficient. And if we start to change that, and I think you can even go back uh, a step, Gary, to think about it from the consumer perspective for a minute a large percentage, a very high percentage of the industry still uses one inch filter slots today, that inexpensive filter. Well, a consumer is pretty capable of changing that on their own. So they go to the local hardware store or their favorite store anymore. It's pretty much anywhere. You can buy a one inch filter, but they say, hey, you know what? I don't want to buy that $1.50 filter because I'm not getting a whole lot of quality for that, but I'm going to go buy this $8 or maybe even $15 or $20 because they feel they feel they're getting more value out of that filter. But what they're not considering is exactly what we just discussed, whether it's a four-inch high-efficient filter, MERV 13, or if it's a standard going from a MERV 4 up to a MERV 8 or a MERV 11 one-inch filter. It's the same ramifications on either side. Yeah, exactly. So a way we can rectify that and, and a lot of people don't realize this is we can increase the thickness of the filter, right? That's and we right. can, by increasing the thickness of the filter, we actually create less restriction through that filter. And some people can't wrap their head around that. Wait a minute. You're telling me if I put a thicker filter in there, it restricts less airflow. Um, but it's true. Do you maybe want to touch on that for a minute and, and, and why that is? Uh-huh. I'm so glad you said thick filter because this this is where you start to think about filters and there becomes this perception in our industry that all filters are created equally. We might think one inch filters in the pleated category are all created equally. We might think that a four inch uh, pleated filter, a wider or what you're th- what you're classifying as a thicker filter, they're all equal. And I want to put a spin on that for you because the way April Air looks at filtration is not so much that we want to increase the thickness of the filter, but we want to create a deeper filter. So there's depth for that surface, um, that surface 
loading mechanism to actually get deeper and deeper and deeper into that filter mm-hmm. to allow a longer life expectancy and a more attainable pressure drop through the life expectancy of that filter. So it goes into the conversation of surface loading versus depth loading. Most filters out there are all surface loaded filters. So they will capture particulate pretty quickly and their efficiencies quickly decrease versus a deeper filter, not a thicker filter, but a deeper filter that gives you that capability of allowing those particulates to capture farther into the media and maintain airflow and life expectancy out of that filter. Yeah. And do you like, do you know if April air has a, a chart? Like, do you guys have a chart on uh, maybe some inches of water column, like differential across your different types of filters that you have? We do. We, we want to publish all of that from not only a confirmation standpoint, if you come up to an April air filter that you can have those, those measurements, but also from a design. And that goes back to your original question about how do I go from a lower quality filter to maybe a higher quality filter in an in, in upgrade to a high efficient filter? And the things we have to consider is what's that MERV? What are we trying to accomplish for whether it's our system protection or if it's for our human health and occupant safety? And it could be both of those. And then there's the element of, you know, Gary, I'll just use you as an example. I don't really know what the quality of air that you need in your home in. Do you really need a MERV? 11, or do you need a MERV 16 because somebody in your family might suffer from allergies and asthma and and other things that might affect their comfort? So it's having the conversation to understand first, what are you looking for and why are you trying to obtain that value? Then let's design it based on your system allowance to make sure that we're providing the right airflow, we're providing the human health attributes to the system, and then we're maximizing the performance of the heating and cooling equipment. Mm-hmm. No, it make, makes sense. And, and we kind of touched on that earlier about customizing the, the indoor air quality program for the individual uh, customer. And, and, I, and the, the other thing that I think is important that I don't think I've spoke to anybody about, or, or we might have touched on a couple times during the, the history of the podcast, but tightness of a filter so there's no bypass around it because i mean you could have a a filter slide it in and if it's not in properly you could have all kinds of like who knows what the percentage could be but you could have a good percentage of air bypassing that filter if it's not a a tight seal around it so how important is that you think very important it's very important because air wants to take the path of least resistance in all honesty the air wants to go around the filter versus going through the filter. So if you've got a gap or you've got a one inch slot where it's open to your basement or a crawl space or even in attics, I've seen it all over the place. That air is, is going to seek its way as, as simple as or as easiest as it can. So going around that filter makes more sense. So making sure that you have a true sealed filtration box to minimize any bypass air. We want to filter the air. We got a great system in our homes when it's operating 
to move that air through that filter so many times per hour to maximize the performance of cleaning the air. That's the purpose of a filter. Yeah. No, a hundred percent in it. Do you have any numbers? Like, have you seen any rough numbers or any sort of data uh, um, and any, any of your colleagues that has shown maybe the average amount of air that bypasses just from a standard filter install, like a, a standard filter rack? Sure. We've seen in, in some of the studies that we've conducted anywhere from 10% to 20% of the air is being bypassed around the filter. Yeah, twenty. So not even yeah. touching that filter. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, and that's going straight onto your depending on what kind of system you have, but secondary heat exchanger on a furnace, right. which is easily clogged, or your evaporator coil, which is also easily clogged um, with debris if if you're not filtering it out. So, yeah, good, good, good point, and and I'm glad we touched on that. So, we're talking about Merv going up to Merv sixteen. So what? sort of particulate matter to down to what micron size are we filtering out with MERV 16? So MERV 16 is going to get down to about a 0.3 micron or 300 nanometers in its efficiency. April Air's MERV 16 is 96% down to a 0.3 micron. So what that means is for that size particulate, on its first pass through that filter, it's being captured 96 percent of the time. Okay. Cool. All right. So, what? I've seen lots of images online of of what like you, you see like uh, dust, uh, hair follicle, and then it's got the 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 size of of it beside it. Can you get? Is, do you have an example of what zero point three? Uh, micrometers might be as, as like a something that we can sort of relate to. Unfortunately, I can't tell you what point three looks like because it's absolutely invisible to the human eye. Human eyes can see approximately down to about forty microns. Mm-hmm. So when we start talking about ten, two point five, one, we get down to the point five, the point three. We're talking about microscopic particulate that's in the air that we cannot see. And here's the cool thing as we start to shift into more of a conversation around building science in the particulate size and how it impacts us. If we can visibly see that particulate, you know, if the sunbeams coming in, we're seeing those yep. little floating particles. Mm-hmm. Believe me, those are much larger than what we're talking about in this conversation right now. And our immune system, as long as we're healthy and we're taking care of ourselves, are actually pretty good filters for that before it even makes its impact into our body. Our our noses, our nasal passages are full of turbinates. And turbinates clean and humidify that air as it comes in. So if we're seeing it, our body's doing a pretty good job. Now, if if it's a high level, and it's impacting us in a negative way where we can't keep up with the filtration. Now we've got a completely different conversation, but these really small particles that we're talking about at point three, they can be completely bypassed our, our immune system and can now be floating through our bodies 
our lungs don't do a great job of filtering, and then it gets right into our blood system and really starts to impact our health. In fact, a micron size of 0.03, now not 0.3, but 0.03, it, it bypasses all systems that we have in our bodies, and it goes right into our blood. So that's the extreme case, and we're starting to really get into that science, the chemistry, the biology, the microorganisms that really thrive and live in our homes. Um, and it's so interesting when we start to break all this down in our industry, because we get stuck sometimes in, in thinking about our heating and our cooling equipment. And we think about a filter as a necessity, but we really don't get down to this level of that science and what we're providing to our customers. And that's a huge value to a technician, to a comfort consultant, to anybody that has that direct relationship with the customer, the actual homeowner that's living in that in that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you said the nose and the filtration system in the nose. Now there's there's this book, I don't know if you've read it, but I think because you you're involved with indoor air quality, you would really enjoy this book. It's by James Nestor. And I don't know if it's meant to be called Breathe or Breath. It's, there's no E on the end of it. So I okay. guess it would be pronounced breath, but I mean, that's kind of a weird name for a book breath, but it's, it's all about, um, the science of breathing and some of the experiments he's, he's ran on himself, like plugging up his nose for a few weeks and only breathing through his mouth and how sick he got from doing sure. that and how mouth breathing, like people make say mouth breather to make fun of people, but how mouth breathing is actually exceptionally bad for your health and how there's a certain way to breathe, um, certain seconds you got to breathe in, certain seconds you got to hold it and breathe out, and the posture that you have and everything. And apparently, if you breathe this way, it tremendously improves your health alone. And it goes in, it goes deep into the sciences of of, of how different how your how jaws were formed, and and it's it's really interesting. I think you'd probably enjoy that, and some of the audience members would, would enjoy it. I just listened to it maybe last year on Audible when I was driving and I, and I thought it was an incredible book. But um, yeah, so breathing through the nose, as you said, it filters out that larger particulate that actually could help you be a, a healthier person. So good point on that. Um, so maybe the last thing I think we should talk about is because you said Merv Sir, up to Merv Sir, uh, 16 was not a, um, was not a HEPA. So what, what is a HEPA then if, if we're outside of the, the MERV range now? So HEPA is classified by the industry as a efficiency of 99.97% at a 0.3 micron. So that's its filtration rate. So I mentioned April airs is 96% at that 0.3. So we can't classify that as a HEPA filter. But a true HEPA system would be rated at 99.97% capturability on a 0.3 micron. That, yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty efficient filter. And we're talking a lot of restriction to airflow with a HEPA. And I know one of the pharmaceutical sites I work in, their clean rooms have HEPA filters. They have an air handling system that filters, but then they have HEPA filters uh, just above the room at the ceiling space. And each HEPA has their own fan. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? To, to, oh, yeah. to move, to move the air through them. And they have to actually get these things tested with. I actually spoke to one of the, the guys that tested these things and he said he was going to jump on the podcast, but we lost communication. They test them with this, almost this, um, they call it a smoke test, but it, apparently it's some sort of oil based vapor and they, they push it through the filter to test it, to make sure it's actually capturing the particulate size that it's supposed to capture. It's pretty, it's yeah. pretty cool actually. Yeah. It's, it's in the residential market for HEPA quality rated filters. A lot of times you won't see that as the singular filter. It's, it's actually a, it's the primary filter. However, it's only capable of capturing so many cubic feet per minute that you still need a secondary filter to make sure that you're protecting the equipment like we've been talking about. Uh, and then it's got to run continuous. There's a mathematical equation at how many cubic feet versus how much cubic volume of air that we're moving through it. And then how it's how efficient it is at cleaning the air. So in the residential market, it's it's not as prevalent of an installation versus using like an April Air MERV 16 filter where you're getting a very high percentage uh, at a MERV 16 and then going back into the sizing and the pressure drop, you would see that we have a filter that's 31 by 28. And you'd probably be shocked if I told you that for that filter on a MERV 16, where we're moving 2000 CFM through that filter, our pressure drop is still around a 0.18 pressure drop. Unbelievable pressure drop for that level of filtration, but it's a very large filter. So that surface area, that depth that we talked about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good point. So I, I do want to ask you about this because these have hit the market hard, at least I've noticed, and I've noticed customers using these too. For let, let's say you have a you have a home and the air like air distribution in, in a lot of homes is terrible, uh, as as most of us know, and a lot of people are buying these sort of standalone HEPA filters, and mm-hmm. some of them have uh, carbon activated filters in them as well, and and I think they're they're pretty cool to just do some extra sort of cleaning of the air in certain places where maybe the the air patterns or the air flows from the duct system is not really getting to it. What do you, what do you think about those? What's your opinion on those? Yeah, I, I feel a spot filtration for either an area that is limited in the amount of airflow that we're truly moving through the system or we don't even, there, there's a lot in the Northeast United States. I'm sure there's radiant systems up in Canada where they don't even have the forced air system. So what's their filtration means? Uh, so those kinds of spot filtration systems and carbon, carbon is, I'm glad you, you mentioned carbon because we didn't even get into talking about chemical reactions in the home on that building science side. Carbon, mm-hmm. depending on the composition of carbon and, and the manufacturer, some of it actually does have a VOC efficiency rate that you can look into and say, hey, this could be a reason why I'm experiencing this, this discomfort or these unhealthy attributes in my home is because there's chemical reactions always happening, but it's at a high level. Well, I don't have a forced air system. What are my options? There's that. There's, <laughs> I don't know if y'all saw it, but recently I've been seeing these pictures from a, um, 
I'll call him a developer, I guess, down in Texas, where he's putting a standard box fan, a very inexpensive box fan, and he's taping Merv 13 filters in a quadrant of four Mm -hmm. and creating a a pull-through system. Um, I wouldn't recommend that for a whole home strategy, but again, based on your question, if you're looking for that spot filtration system, that might be an inexpensive way of accomplishing that. It's, it's really interesting. I've seen many, I've seen many of those actually many, many people have built those and, uh, yeah, for, if, if you want to just clean up some air real quick and, and I know that who was telling me, I can't remember who was telling me that they, some people have used it in wildfire season, like in in the, in, in the, the areas that suffer from wildfires, uh, just to get out that smoke particulate and stuff. And it's actually kind of funny because as you're talking and no forced air system in, in, in the home, because resi- some residential homes, I, I guess it's it's sort of been trending up over the last 20 years or so, but a lot of homes are moving towards uh, ductless systems, like zoned ductless mm-hmm. systems. So you have maybe like five heads in a house in different areas and those filters in there, they're, they're not filtering anything. They're just keeping the, they're just keeping the, the, the large particles off the evaporator. They're not very good at filtering the air for human health and comfort. So those standalone units would be a good, uh, they'd be, a, they'd be good for those scenarios, right? Where you have like Absolutely. a ducted ductless system. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, on, on the, is there anything that you want to add on that? Cause you, you brought up the building science side a couple of times. Is there anything you want to touch on, on that side, as far as filtration goes before we head out? Going into just thinking about the, the, this pandemic season that we've all experienced here and just the, the knowledge that it's brought to the forefront, whether you're a homeowner or you're in the trade or engineering and designing, understanding the importance of high efficient filtration, it's capture rate, the efficiency that we talked about, but then the partnership with fresh air ventilation. So we're getting not only high quality filtration that we're able to capture those particles, but we're also diluting that chemical aspect, those aerosols, and eventually replacing that air in the home. When you start to look at all-encompassing systems like that, that's really a great opportunity for either further knowledge for yourself or for further topics for podcasts, just to continue the education of the importance of controlling the indoor environment and filtration is so important, although it's so, I don't know if it's just not important from the installing contractor perspective, because I still see it all the time, everywhere I travel, a high percentage are getting these one inch filters and there's just no value in what you're providing. And let's talk about just for a second, the, the rising cost of metal. If you're an installing contractor and you're bending metal, you're seeing these increases, you might be seeing shortages, then you've got to go through the fabrication process or maybe you're buying a kit of some sort. Well, there's filtration systems out there that are already 
self-contained. There's a 90 degree elbow boot. So all you have to do is bring that return drop down to it. If you uh, check out our April Air Partners website and go under filtration, you're going to see all kinds of great options to meet what you're looking to do and what you're looking to accomplish for your area. So there's not whoa, just whoa, whoa, one whoa. filter. I, I, got, I, got, I got to stop you there. As a guy yeah. that as a, as a guy that doesn't do sheet metal, you're telling me that you have partners that have a boot design to go on your filter uh, casings or cabinets. We do, Gary. We have a complete 90-degree boot. It's fully assembled already. It comes in a, a MERV 11 or a MERV 13 and can be easily upgraded to a MERV 16. The model number, if you just want to write this number down, is yeah, either do. a model 1610 wanna... or a model 1620. Model 1610 or model 1620. Okay, the re 1610 and 1620. Yeah, because a couple of years ago, I, uh, I actually ordered some sheet metal. I ordered a, a new return, uh, plenum and 90 and I was going to put, and I actually had them build me a, a four inch filter rack, but I'm glad I, I'm glad it fell apart because it wouldn't have been, uh, it wouldn't have been cased properly and there would have been all kinds of bypass. Sure. But when I went to pick it up, it was made wrong. And I, I got into an argument wow. with the guy. I'm like, I said, this is made wrong. I said, this is not how I asked you to make it. Anyway, he wouldn't take it back and, and, and redo it for me. He was very stubborn. I'm like, man, this is not like when I order a pizza and it comes wrong, I just call the guy and I say, Hey, the pizza's wrong. He brings me a new one, like half an hour later, no arguments about it. So anyway, needless to say, I, I, I don't use this guy anymore for any sheet metal that I do, but this product here sounds like something yeah. that is plug and play. You just un you just hook it up to the yeah. yeah return side of your furnace and and hopefully it lines up with your plenum that you've already got coming down. And I've seen some of the contractors that are using these, they'll use a flex connector at that point of connection. That way it gives them a little bit of leniency on it doesn't have to be exact, but you once you start looking into the specifications, you're going to see it's it'll fit and adapt to a lot of those return drops that are already coming down. You're just taking that 90 elbow off, you're sliding this in its place, and now you have a complete upgraded filtration system. And then just one other um, key attribute and differentiation point from April Air's standpoint is we when you have a new system and you install an April Air air cleaner of any size or efficiency, because we don't have bypass air of our self-seal design, all those things that we've talked about, mm -hmm. we actually provide a 10-year clean coil guarantee to that new system when that air cleaner is installed from day one. So as long as it's installed properly and it's maintained, on regular filter changes on an annual basis, we're guaranteeing that that system will stay clean. So no more dirty blower motors, no more dirty secondary heat exchangers, plugged up evaporator coils. Uh, so we're, we're pretty proud of that. And that's a huge differentiation point for April Air. That's awesome. That's, that's really cool. So uh, I'm definitely looking into the, these, those two models and, and hopefully I can get, and when you say the flex connector, are you talking about 
like uh how there's like maybe three or four inches of canvas sort of yes. in between the two pieces of sheet metal yeah okay yeah that's sort of what i had pictured in, in my head okay cool so chris this was very enlightening and the last part of the conversation there i think was my favorite part because now i have a <laughs> now i have an easier way to uh to install a better filter in my home because i just have a admittedly a one inch filter still from the builder that put that that built my house so definitely looking to upgrade and uh i appreciate your time tonight thank you very much thank you for having me gary i'm glad you guys stuck around till the end and i hope you have a different perspective now on just slamming any old filter in any old machine and as we talked about in the beginning we have real live data and we have recorded data that we can use to actually put some science behind what we're doing here and we can show this to the customers. So anyway, Chris, thank you very much for getting on with me. Thank you to the master group. Once again, I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.